This year, Lynn Cooper will mark a special milestone. January 22nd, 2024, I will have 34 years of recovery for alcoholism. And she says one thing that's helped her stay sober for so long is ongoing support through therapy. An important part of my sustaining my recovery has always been seeking uh, mental health services, mental health treatment for depression and anxiety. I was doing great. I found a wonderful therapist. She was a licensed marriage and family therapist, and uh, I had been seeing her for about six years. But then Cooper's therapist gave her some disappointing news. About six months before I turned 65, she told me that she was not going to be able to see me anymore because of the fact that I was going to be on Medicare. That's because at the time, licensed professional counselors and licensed marriage and family counselors didn't accept Medicare, the federal health insurance program available to most Americans at age 65. I was just stunned because she was a licensed marriage and family therapist, and and she was terrific, and she was helping me a lot. There was no way that I could afford to pay out of pocket. You know, it, it just would have been just way too expensive. I started looking for a new therapist, and that's where I ran into uh, trouble because there were very few therapists that accepted Medicare. Even though Cooper is herself a behavioral health policy specialist, her job is helping seniors find mental health services. So it was shocking to me that for the first time in my 60 at that time, 64 years on the planet, um, I couldn't access health care. And it was because I had Medicare. Cooper ended up on a waiting list. It took six months to get an appointment with a social worker who did accept Medicare. It was a stressful time, no question about it. Um, I I was doing well, uh, but Just the thought of losing something that I had been able to depend on uh, for so many years. And and as I said, it, it was an important part of sustaining my recovery from alcoholism. And fortunately, I was okay at the time and able to sustain my recovery. But what happens to people who are not okay? Consider this. The more than 65 million Americans who rely on Medicare have had a difficult time getting mental health services. On January 1st, Medicare expanded its coverage of mental health care. But will more access improve the growing mental health gap? From NPR, I'm Juana Summers. It's Sunday, January 7th. This episode's sponsor is PwC, which offers the following message. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. PwC pairs the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. Human-led and tech-powered, it's all part of the new equation from PwC. 
This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capella University. Sometimes it takes a different approach to unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format is designed to help you learn relevant skills at your own pace, so you can earn your degree on your terms and apply what you learn right away. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. It's Consider This from NPR. As of January 1st, Americans who rely on Medicare have increased access to mental health coverage. Medicare will now cover therapy appointments with licensed marriage and family counselors and licensed professional counselors. Those two types of therapists make up around 40 percent of the master's level mental health providers in the country. That's according to the American Counseling Association. Here to help us understand how this new law could affect both patients and providers is Victoria Kress. She's a professor at Youngstown State University and a licensed professional counselor. Victoria, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I mean, this seems like a bit of an obvious solution to me, I have to say. There's a big group of people out there who need access to mental health care, and by that I mean Medicare recipients. And there's another big group of providers who are able to do so. So why did it take so long, do you think, for this law to pass? Yes. Well, there have been many iterations of a licensure and legislation that have been put forward and many different legislative techniques and strategies that have been applied to try to get us at the table and to get this passed. Um, it, I think it was really money. You know, I think, I think you know, when I would sit with legislators, the first question they would would ask is, you know, what what is this costed out as? How is this going to impact us fiscally? Um, you know, obviously, when you have easier access to care and more people providing services, that's going to increase the cost. So I think a lot of it was, in my experience, was really uh, just concerns about about the cost. You know, I think with uh, COVID, with the pandemic, it really put a spotlight on mental health needs. And many people started to realize how, how critically important access to care is around mental health issues. And because of that, I think legislators felt uh, an increasing pressure to provide access to care for those on Medicare, which which isn't just older adults. Right. You know, people often think older adults it's, it's also there are, you know, 9 million people who have chronic disabilities who are under the age of 65 who receive Medicare services. So it's also going to increase their access to care as well. I mean, we should just be frank here. The need for mental health care in this country is incredibly stark. I mean, the Department of Health and Human Services estimates that 169 million Americans are living in an area with a mental health provider shortage. So, Victoria, how much of a dent could this change make in that what seems like massive need? Yeah, you know, it's profound. It's profound. Yes, about half of America lives in an area with a severe shortage of providers. And I can tell you as someone who works in an urban area, even in the urban areas, they're really walking the line and struggling to find enough providers to meet the demand for services. 
So 18% of Americans receive Medicare, and they're going to overnight have access to so many more providers. So it's really, it's really exciting, particularly when you think about the rural areas uh, where one in three people receive Medicare services and there's such a severe shortage of providers. It's really going to be helpful to them. Um, and the advent of tele-mental health or providing counseling services via telehealth, that's also an exciting development that's occurred since the pandemic, which will help these people in rural areas who who really struggle to get connected with mental health providers, get the care that they need. Something else that we also don't think a lot about is addictions. Many people in America struggle with addictions. Uh, many older adults and people with chronic disabilities struggle with addictions. Uh, about one-third of all inpatient hospitalizations for opioid use disorder uh, are paid for by Medicare. And counselors are the primary provider of all addictions counseling services. So it's been so difficult for people to access addictions care. And now with counselors being able to provide the services that we're trained to provide, it's really going to open up opportunities for people to access addiction services as well. Victoria, Medicare reimbursement rates are significantly lower than what many therapists can charge out of pocket. I mean, a single session can cost hundreds of dollars for in-demand providers. Are you concerned that even though they're able to, counselors now might not want to accept Medicare because of the lower payment rates? Yeah, absolutely. And also with the legislative change, uh, counselors, marriage and family therapists will be being paid about 75% of what a psychologist would make. And so that that's also a deterrent there, right? The, the low pay rates. So no, that it, it's going to be an ongoing issue to try to get providers to sign up for Medicare reimbursement. But, you know, we also have a challenge in terms of continuing to encourage people to go into the mental health helping professions. And educators have a responsibility to continue to pull folks in and to train them to, to meet the demand that's out there. Uh, counseling is actually um, one of the most needed professions right now. There's a severe shortage all over the country. I want to acknowledge here before I ask this question that, of course, senior citizens are not the only Medicare recipients, though they do make up the vast majority of that population. And we know that their mental health care needs are complex and seniors have faced obstacles to receiving mental health care for years. To what degree do you think that Medicare coverage from professional counselors and family therapists could help bridge the gap for that specific population? Counselors are uniquely trained to meet the needs of older adults. As counselors, we receive training and counseling people across the lifespan, but we've not been able to work with older adults despite our training because of uh, difficulties with Medicare reimbursement. So this is really exciting. One of the things that makes counselors unique from other mental health professionals is that we have a focus on mental health. And what that means is we focus on people's strengths, their 
resources and their capacities uh, within themselves, within their families, uh, within their communities, and within society. And we we focus on those and we pull those into uh, our, our treatment plans and how we go about helping them make the changes that they want to make. So I think our focus on development, um, our focus on mental health, our focus on being holistic, our focus on wellness is really unique to the older adult population. I think it really resonates with them. And I think that our presence in this market is going to be really well-received. Victoria Kress, she's a professor at Youngstown State University and a licensed professional counselor. Victoria, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. This episode was produced by Avery Keatley. It was edited by Jeanette Woods and Courtney Dorning. Our executive producer is Sammy Yenigan. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Juana Summers. At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture. Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins. And Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. For a recap of all the highlights, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast on investing. Each week, you'll get thoughtful, in-depth analysis of both the stock and the bond markets. Listen today and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXLLearning.com.